0: Hello team, it's Fab here, founder and head teacher at all marketing school and your marketing BFF. I want to remind you that there is a special invitation for you to join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Get certified as a positive impact strategy and make people fall in love with you and your work. Reclaim your time, understand the marketing foundations with a positive impact spin. If you are a marketing freelancer who wants to raise the quality of services and do more with less, or maybe you are an early-stage marketeer ready to invest to gain real experience in building a strategy with purpose, or you're a marketing leader who wants to be recognized as a go-to expert and tackle new growth challenges. Whether you are beginners or whether you have some confidence into your strategy, we want to support you. We want to help you achieve your strategic goals, toss confetti in the air, and blast your favorite hype song as you get through eight incredible weeks with me and the rest of our faculty. Think about our certification as marketing training at university standards, not prices. So if you're ready to join us and you want to check out our incredible curriculum, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash certification. I repeat, amschool dot click slash certification to find out more and learn what you are going to go through in our eight weeks. From marketing foundations all the way to leadership and storytelling skills, we're also going to cover strategic marketing blocks and advanced marketing tools. Plus, you get workshops, hot seats, group work, and even timely panels with incredible experts in the field. So what are you waiting for? No, I mean it. Our next cohort is starting real soon, so make sure that you head to amschool.click slash certification to come and join us and learn how to market to hearts, not to brains. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are proudly bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Hello, team, and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. My name is Fab, and I'm going to be your teacher today. Today, we're going to talk about hyping yourself and DIY PR with the amazing Lucy Werner. I'm so excited to be talking to Lucy. I've known her for a long, long time, and today we're going to chat about all things PR as well as putting yourself out there, spotlighting yourself and your brand. But not just this, we're going to talk about what PR really is and how we can work together hand in hand with marketing to help us grow our brand as well. In case you don't know Lucy, Lucy has 17 years publicity experience, both in-house and for some of London's top agencies, and set up her own consultancy, The Verne, for startups in 2014. She has written a best-selling book, Hype Yourself, and her second book, Brand Yourself, is available from September, written with the co-founder of her children and creative director, Adrian Chatelet. She teaches on all things publicity for spaces such as Cass Business School, Hatch Enterprise, UAL, Career Magazine, and Second Home. I really hope you're going to enjoy today's lesson and you're going to learn loads about how PR and marketing can work hand in hand to grow your brand and your expertise. Most excitingly, you want to check out now on altmarketingschool.com to find out more about our crowdfunding. I'm so excited to be sharing more about this with you right now as things are getting up for the great review. I would really love for you to support us and just go to oldmarketingschool.com crowdfunding to find out more about what's happening next and the next stages for Old Marketing School. May today's class begin. So awkward. I hope at some at some point it will become natural to start the podcast and just not find it really awkward. But because it's been happening, the reminder of Zoom has been happening a time of recording only twice for me as well. Every time I still giggle and I shouldn't. But you, you didn't hear the Zoom lady before, did you? It's so awkward. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's this lady reminding us that we're being recorded. We don't care because we weren't having a chat before this. Right, Lucy? <laughs> it's literally not going to change the tone of the conversation and so everyone hello welcome back again to Old marketing school we were literally starting off already talking about actually we're going to go back to what we're talking about in a way we're talking about being present and we're talking about i was telling um actually lucy how a lot of people and it's not just the experts which is some of the people that we also think interact and help but also the founders or the the brands as well you know everybody's trying to be a bit more visible also from a personal brand perspective and we're talking about how you know being visible and you know putting yourself out there when it's right but then sometimes trying to force yourself into conversations that are not your own and I was kind of wondering from a PR perspective I guess from a media perspective have you found that this is still happening the way that it was because it always does sometimes Or do you found that actually Because of the way things have changed and the way that people are positioning themselves, there's a lot more of that. People really trying to find their way to fit into conversations and try, you know, sometimes in a way that maybe is not as relevant for them as well.
1: I think, yeah, you get both ends of the spectrum. So you get like these very cocky, overconfident people who I think maybe only even read the first few words, like, I am looking for an expert in. And they're like, that's me. Like they've got their, you know, like it's like watching a TV quiz show. Like they put their hand on the buzzer before the question's even being asked. And then you get people on the other end of the spectrum who probably are the right fit, but rather than answering the question in hand. So I think the question we were talking about before we recorded was, was you were looking for experts in the wellness space who are heavily involved in the marketing of their brand, something like that so that you could get somebody who's an expert in that. But rather than them saying, yes, this is my brand, and here's a one line on what that brand does, I would love to speak to you, they kind of just say, oh, yeah, that's me. Or they'll go, yeah, that's me, and then give you their biography that starts off with what their GCSEs and A-levels were and what they studied at school and their career history before it even gets to what it is that they're doing now. So just in general, I think, I think it's actually a very British thing. We are terrible at pitching and Americans have like the elevator pitch. We don't even have the elevator here. We have the lift, obviously. So for a start, we're already, no. we're already, you know, default in this situation. Um, I just think we're terrible at walking into a room virtual or physical and saying, this is my name. This is what I'm an expert in. And this is what I bring to the table. We just don't like doing it. And I think everybody needs to get better at it. and equally knowing on the on the flip side of that equally knowing when it is that right time to enter that room or not or maybe when it's time to just sit down and let somebody else take that space and it's not for you
0: (laughs) and you know what what I love about this is that for me I think that there's a there's a couple of layers when you're talking about this and obviously that's why I was trying to break it down to two different levels why okay because if people don't know exactly my background Uh, between doing music PR about 12 years ago now, that's when I wanted to become a music journalist. So I did PR to try and get paid for something. And then I I kept doing journalism and now it's translated into some of the stuff I do, but I also have a brand. So I've seen all the different ends of the spectrum, obviously mainly on the journalism side and the brand side, the PR not as much because it was a long, long time ago. So even, even from not a cultural perspective, I've always understood the importance of pitching because one I've been pitched a lot especially when it came to people wanting me to write stuff but also because I had to pitch editors to make sure that I had the right angle for things so all I want to say is that naturally I'm quite bubbly and naturally I'm quite creative but also I had to do it so many times that I learned how to do it effectively because one of the things that from the other end on the spectrum if I'm looking for somebody was gonna help me to say, yes, I, as you say, I'm the right person for this, or I could help you because I do this. And like, you're already giving me what I want. I know how how I can turn this into a story or I know how I can give the right angle to this. So even when I still pitch people, cause you know, we both had books out. So you have to do that a lot when you do that. I'm telling people, how can I bring value to their audience? or how can I can bring value to them? Because they're already doing me a favor by having me talk about what I'm doing. But for me, I realized that it's not because I was born this way. It's because I had to do it for about 10 years. That's all I had to do both sides. And to me, it's been a practice. And obviously, when I hear from you being, um, you know, an expert in the other element, like almost that middle ground, which pulls everything together. Would you say that? there is an element of that as well? Or is it just then like, I'm natural? You know what I mean? I don't want people to feel like, oh, I'm not comfortable at pitching. I will never be. I will never be able to do it. I will never be able to find my way. Is there actually a way for people to practice that and find their own way to do this?
1: Yeah, I, I think it definitely is practice. And I think it it's like a muscle. I call it, like the publicity muscles. The more you exercise it, the easier it gets. So even... I mean, okay. So you are a bubbly personality. You've done this loads of times. Did you feel a little bit nervous and shaky the first time you kind of stood up on a stage on Clubhouse? Oh yes. But now you walk into a room on Clubhouse, host it, you do it weekly, you do it daily, whatever, no shakes, no jitters. Right. Um, And it's the same, like whenever we try a new format, like IG live, Facebook live, you know, Twitter space, is it Twitter spaces? I can't hear, quick, keep up with them all. The first time you do, I haven't done a live event, like a, as in a physically live event for a really long time. So I know the next time I physically stand up in a room full of people, I'm gonna to have to remember all the things that it is that I think about, which is what am I doing with my hands? And how am I presenting? And how am I elevating my voice to make sure I'm looking at everybody? So, yeah, it is just practice. And I would say on a really basic level, if you can chat to your mate in a coffee shop or a pub or or a socially distanced walk and say, this is what I'm doing for a business. That's it. It's really just like how you it's how you would tell your friend what it is you do as a business. So when you go to like a wedding or a social event, somebody goes, what do you do? And you say, I do this and they go, "Okay, cool, I've got it. And then they go like, it's just that but you just hone it in to make it really short, sharp and succinct. So you can leave people asking more. So both you and I are kind of that sort of multi-hyphenates where we've got loads of different elements to what we do. Right. But I generally say I'm Lucy Werner. I'm a PR expert rather than going, I'm an author and I teach and I have an online school and I do consultancy and I sometimes do workshops and I lecture because it's too much information. But if I just go, Oh yeah, I'm a PR expert. And I specialize um, at the moment in DIY, PR and branding for small businesses. That's enough as a starter for anyone to then go, oh, but but do you do it for people as well? Or, oh, I'm interested in DIY. What can you what are your packages for for information? You know, for examples. So I just think it's. It's refining what you do and giving it that kind of umbrella and being very saying your name slowly so people can hear it and understand it. Again, the Brits, we love to skip over our name. I'm Say your name nice, clearly and succinctly and what it is that you do in a way that people understand. Because I think another thing is people try to be careful and they give themselves like a, a jargon title sometimes, which is cute. But I always think intro with what you call like run seal, like do what you say on the tin. Like just say what it is that you do in one sentence and leave them asking for more.
0: I'll tell you something really funny on that note. And then i and then i wanna pick on something that I love that you said, but I'll tell you something funny. Um when we were doing some of the some of the works or, you know, even before you get married, obviously most people married will know. There's all the legal stuff. So they asked my fiance, so what what does she do? <laughs> Bless, it, it didn't, I usually say, just like you said, and I love that you mentioned it, I say I'm a marketing consultant, because that is where my experience lays. Then yes, I'm an author, I have, I have a brand, I have another brand coming up, I have loads of things, but that is really the bread and butter, and I help people in different ways when it comes to their marketing. And bless, it just blanked. it was like, well, she's an entrepreneur, she does things on social media, and the lady was just like okay and he was literally panicking literally panicking
1: exactly the same thing he was like well she's like an owner an owner
0: <laughs> and so that, that's why i understand and i think it's very important not just not just when you have to do legalese but what i love that you mentioned there actually is that when you give us that example people will then come to you if they're interested in what you're doing they will ask you oh, how can you help me with this and it might be they want you to do it they want you to help them they want to do it by themselves but they want some resources of course from you. so i think actually as you say you open up that conversation if people want you help they will tell you oh yeah i'm interested in this um i don't have time though so how can this be done and then you can tell them oh i run this or oh maybe start with my book or whatever that is mm-hmm. and i think as you say sometimes we try to fill too many things in and we overwhelm people and and like okay great i think people are scared to
1: niche they are scared to say this is what i do for these people because they think oh but that might stop somebody else coming to me and and it really doesn't work like that like even if um i on a really basic level so i know somebody this week who's doing a 21 day fitness challenge on instagram it's like free videos and she's like it's just for people who now the world is opening back up just kind of want to get back into their routine but she specializes in menopausal women I'm not a menopausal woman but it didn't stop me going because I was like I know she trains every day at a time that fits me so I think even though I know that like certain people have like their their niches it doesn't stop me thinking oh yeah but that it can work for me too so I think that's something that we need to shake the fear off of like being like it's this person and worrying that that's going to stop stop the others and the other thing is as well you know like when we think about like small businesses just in the UK it's like there's 5.7 million small business owners like within that you know you can really drill down quite deep and still have a large piece of the pie for whatever your product or service is and that's just you know in the UK.
0: I love that actually I'm going to go back now to the small businesses so we talked about obviously different people that might be listening whether you are a marketer whether you are a consultant as well but actually, I'm going to say go back to small businesses, but I almost think I'm going to go on a much wider scale now and ask you a massive question. Yeah. <laughs> yes, let's go with the massive questions. Right now, let's I say do. right now, what is PR in your opinion and what is not PR? I'm saying right now because I think things have shifted even more. So thoughts.
1: P.R. to me stands for public relations. And so it's everything that you are doing in the public eye that can increase your relationship with your client or prospective client. There is a strand of P.R. called publicity, which is pitching to journalists. Most people think P.R. is just pitching to a journalist. in PR agency land, we could be doing anything from supporting your SEO to running an event, to writing your marketing copy, to doing your influencer marketing. It really straddles marketing quite a lot. But I see marketing more as an overarching umbrella. Um, and PR generally, generally is not paid for elements of marketing. So although PRs may advise Um, or direct you into doing performance marketing, like Facebook ads, or LinkedIn ads, they don't generally do that as a skill set. In that case, they would then pass it on to a marketing person. I think the reason the lines get so blurred is because digital marketing has exploded in the last decade, and it's created so many avenues of opportunities for small business owners. And I say small business owners, meaning like, you know, still people who are over the VAT threshold within that, you know, in companies that are basically going up to 2.5 million. It used to be a case like a small business was seen as like being over 2.5 million. That was the only way you could even get traditional media coverage. And if you wanted to promote yourself, you'd have to test an advert in a newspaper for five grand to see how it works with your customers. With the rise of digital marketing, we suddenly have access to all this customer data and consumer data. And for me, and you know, and the proliferation of online blogs and content. So for me, I would say if you're managing your personal reputation that's being interviewed on IGTV, that is managing your public profile and your relationship with your audience. Old school people would be like, but it's social media, so it's marketing, but... Um, it's a it's a very gray line but I always kind of say that sort of like advertising is obviously where you are literally paying for it so again there's some kind of scuzzy PR agencies out there who are like um I can get you in Yahoo Finance as a top 10 coach you just pay 350 dollars like that's not PR that is advertising and should be marked as such PR is kind of for me it's more what people are saying about you when you're not in the room and marketing it's more you're kind of helping to tell people
0: what it is you want them to to say about you I love that and I think I think once we understand a bit of that connection again one of the things that I'm really i really vocal when it comes to um, old marketing school and obviously what's one to become is that a lot of the time as you say we I like that you mentioned the old, almost image that PR had in some people's heads and the the old ideas of kind of what you were supposed to look for, what you were supposed to achieve and how things have shifted and even mentioning just things like being interviewed on IGTV or on, on live or whatever that might be. It just reminds us that actually marketing, it's a very interesting beast. And I think that even marketers, if we want to go to the people that do the marketing, Uh, once we open up to understanding better how to handle sales or how to understand sales how to understand PR and what type of PR works for us marketing becomes really the way to expand and amplify those relationships in a most effective way and so they can really go hand in hand whereas I feel as you said a lot of the time it's just like a handover of something be like oh we did this maybe you want to talk about it but when we think about harnessing those things in a much more powerful way you can find the little nuggets I like that you got your little PR card tips so it's kind of like those little nuggets of PR.
1: I always think that PR for me is little micro billboards for yourself they're little posters all the time just to remind people who you are and what you do and when you apply that with a really decent marketing strategy then it becomes very effective and then you might drive sales but for me If somebody comes to me and their challenge is, I need to drive sales, like I've got no money in my business and I need to drive sales. I'm like, do not invest in PR because that is not a quick win to get you money. And I know it's the same, probably from the marketing side, that still strikes fear in marketers because you're like, I can't get you like customers through Facebook ads overnight. But I, for example, would be like, you want to spend money on PR and you don't have a newsletter, sort your newsletter out first and own some customer data and work on that first. And then come to me later on and I can help sort of amplify and and bring you out. And maybe it's the next stage, like when you're thinking about, you want to get in the attention of brands or you want to boost your profile to get other opportunities. You want to seek investment. You want to grow your team. Like for me, the real starting out crux having a PR plan and having crisis PR in your back pocket, like just a quick Q&A of the worst thing that could ever happen to your business. So that should anything go wrong, you've got something written down so you're not emotional and you can tweak that. That's a really important step to have, but really the PR is part of the marketing puzzle. when you're starting out, it's I'm, I'm all for marketing all the way. Like I love what I do for a job, but I do turn people away quite regularly and say, "Mm -mm, you need like marketing support, not PR right now.
0: And I think that's so important as well to actually understand when is the right time to focus on what and how to make things work together. And also, I love that you mentioned like the the conundrum or the conversation that a lot of people tend to have, whether it's marketing or PR. Of, I really wish I could tell you that ROI and marketing go hand in hand. There's a beautiful interview we did with Bob. I mean, I don't his name is Polish, so I'm not gonna say like. <laughs>
1: lesson
0: I'll link to that in the show notes. <laughs> It'd be fun, in the show notes. But in our chat about you know marketing and ROI, he makes an excellent point about you know why I actually puts a lot of pressure on marketing for something that is really hard to quantify sometimes because you're like maybe that person that followed you seven months ago now bought whatever like product service package, but that was seven months ago. So unless you're tracking every step of the way, you might not be able to know that that's the reason why they came to you. So a lot of the time, these efforts are just following the strategy and then see the growth overall. And when you start appreciating that, you put a bit less pressure on yourself. Whereas, again, thinking from a PR perspective, because I've had clients having that conversation with agencies, especially, well, how many sales is this specific piece of PR going to bring me? How much is this going to help? And it's like, well... Is
1: I, I feel like the old part of the thing that made me want to leave kind of corporate PR agencies is it is hard to kind of track and measure. And, and part of this kind of the old school agency way is they'll go, okay, I'm going to get you five pieces a month, and I'm going to en- send out this number of press releases. And that is for me the absolute worst way to work because, like, let's just say I was like, okay, fab, I'm going to take you on as a client. What's going to be most effective? Me going. OK, well, I've promised her I'm going to send out three press releases a month and I'm going to get five pieces of coverage each month. Or if I get mm, over a three month campaign, I'm going to look at who her target audience is, where, like what touch points convert the most of her. Actually, it's not traditional media. It's when she does podcasts. I'm going to go on a podcast drive for her for three months with other creative entrepreneurs who work in a similar space. And then that's what we're going to focus on for example, and I think a lot of traditional PR agencies, they're still focused on traditional like media coverage and arbitrary kind of metrics, like how many press releases they're sending out and the total number of piece of coverage. And then it's just a junior team who are literally just trying to hit those numbers. And I've seen it myself with the, over the years, some of the clients I've worked with, you will get them in massive publications like Forbes, Sunday Times. And sometimes it does, but quite often, nothing happens nothing happens and yet I I remember vividly working with like a financial services client and we did like Forbes TechCrunch all these like beautiful meaty finance tech publications that would be a dream for anyone to be in and then we did like a very small niche blog a regional blog in like Kent and off the back of that she then got invited into a a very well-known like parenting podcast and then off the back of that she was invited to speak into a magazine For parenting um, and women in business. And it spiraled from there. And it was so interesting. Her product was finance tech, but actually, in terms of consumer sales, it was when she went really deep dive niche into her audience that it worked. And our ego tells us all sometimes to just go for the big ones because it makes us look good because we can show our parents or we can show off to our friends or on LinkedIn. But actually, the really small niche blogs sometimes are so powerful. So I think the easiest way and the best tip I could give to anybody who wants to do DIY PR for themselves is really go niche where your audience is and focus there for a bit.
0: I want to ask you something related to this, but if we're looking more at, let's say you're still going to go DIY, you're trying to get something that is a bit more scalable for you, but you are either a marketer, you know, working for a small brand like more of a startup or maybe you are literally the founder of the startup trying to start those conversations for yourself would you say is it still a similar approach or you actually as in you are putting yourself as the founder or member of the team on spotlight first or would you say is it still trying to fit the product this probably is a hard question but just to give us an idea would you put the product and the service at the heart of the conversation especially when you're starting out small
1: you know what, even if you're starting out small, I would say I would always put the founder first, always, because people just buy people like you can see it across the board, like even the coolest brands, they can have amazing feeds. But if the founder suddenly has a feed, that's the person that everybody wants to connect with. So I kind of sort of did a hybrid version of this because I was like, I don't have time to run a work account and and one for me. So I kind of was my work account. So it was loads of just PR advice and PR tips. And I see other small business owners doing this really well, particularly on Instagram, where they're the face of the business and it's a business page and it's business content, but it's from them. So they're talking about the journey. They're talking about the excitement of a partnership, of client acquisition, of you know when they're hitting milestones. But it's still essentially... Customer feed, and that also means you don't need to just be selling product. Whether you're selling product or service, it's very grueling to continually just selling every single day. It's actually like my kind of tip would be like stop selling, start sharing, share like your journey, share what you like. Um, and my kind of personal brand analogy is to think of yourself like a magazine, so the bit that you're selling is kind of the news bit of your magazine but think about the wider features and the trends of your business and and when you flick through the magazine there's that fun section at the end like is it the horoscope is it a recipe is it an interview with a celeb and that's the bit where you can involve like other people in your marketing so if you're if you're in-house at the moment and you're a founder and you think oh I want to be I want to be compared to these other brands invite them invite them on do interviews with them you know collaborate together.
0: I love that. And actually, I was going to ask you about that. So great minds think alike. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Obviously, I, on top of uh, running old marketing school, I run creative impact mainly. So I run communities at the heart of a lot of what I do. Also, how we met. So we're talking about the old days because we go way a long way back
1: way back
0: (laughs) all the way back health bloggers community back so that's literally the name of creative impact oh god but you mentioned the collaboration side of it and i just want to highlight and then obviously ask your opinion on it but i like the power of that and like really finding the right whether it's partnerships of collaborations especially with peers when you're trying to widen your scope like we at the time of listening guys we're going through uh crowdfunding right now of listening not recording so again putting myself already there and you know a lot of the strategy that i'm building right now is on collaboration is on partnerships and just getting other people to share what we're trying to build and what we're trying to do as an old marketing school because as a smaller business regardless of everything i do outside of it we still i still value that a lot and i find that by opening up to their audience there might be people that resonate obviously crowdfunding is good and bad in a way because you have a specific time frame for it. So I can really supercharge collaborations at this time, but it's still a big part of what we do. So wanted to hear also, would you say it would fit, you would start thinking about potentially collaborations and partnerships and alignments as you're starting also that conversation as a founder or is it something they would say one thing at a time? Because I believe they both have a great place in the strategy. I, I think hundred percent
1: at the beginning. um And I kind of say like, play it like you're dating up Like, who are the five people you want to be dating up with? And by that, I don't mean, like, people who've got, like, bigger follower numbers or a bigger income. But I guess, like, people who are maybe kind of in your space who are more successful as you. And I kind of try and get people to sort of almost play, like, an imaginary game with themselves. Like, if you were the – like, just imagine you're a big WPP or a big global creative agency and you are head of department for X – what are the other heads of department and what do their departments look like? And find people that you can kind of help you pull up and also may know more or have um, better contacts or relationships. Because as business owners, we do all want to lift each other up as well. And I think when you are specific in like what you want help with, then people want to help with that. So if you specifically say you know i need help with the crowdfunding can you share a instagram post or a story or facebook or if you have a newsletter whatever it is if you put that ask out there people are like yeah i can do that i'll just take that copy that you've drafted for me already and i'll do it but if you don't ask you don't know what you're gonna you're gonna get and i think it's the same whether you're launching a book an event you're crowdfunding you've got a new business you're trying to get the first pr opportunities for yourself you want to do your first podcast just kind of being brave and putting your hand up and saying I need help with this who can help me like the network will help because we as humans we want to help each other we just don't always know how like how many times you're in a crisis and someone goes oh if you need anything just let me know and actually you have to just tell people like what it is because they
0: don't know what they don't know there's an excellent book Uh, which i recommend on this topic which is completely outside of the business realm but it's one of my favorite books it's called the art of asking by amanda palmer Mm. and it's it's all about her experience as a singer but also when she was doing um a human statue she was actually being a human statue like a performer before she became a singer and all such and it's just interesting to kind of think about that power of community and i think there's a reason there's pure reasons why the creator community has fostered some of them being also just the right time and platforms really investing in that but I also believe that part of it is because as you say by wanting to support the people that we already love follow that inspire us that educate us we're just trying to obviously give them that support to make sure that they keep doing what they are doing Mm -hmm. and and I also find that starting being a bit comfortable asking and then it becomes. Easier, maybe not necessarily natural, but it becomes a lot easier. If the first time that you are comfortable is because you're afraid nobody's gonna answer back to that question. And there's and you
1: know what, if they don't, that's not, nothing happens, you know. No fairies die, everything's fine, it's okay. It's just, and no one's gonna notice either. They're not gonna go, oh, Did you see that Lucy asked me on a podcast for the first time and nobody replied? no one no one is paying you any mind we're just we're all performers in our own stage and everybody else is on the sidelines and if we call them in they'll be there but they don't notice if there's nobody else in our audience
0: they're just nobody's looking that closely I was wondering what would you say as been some of the best pieces of advice that you've been given <laughs> like, okay I'm gonna make it hard now Wait, so I'm gonna make it even harder oh yes questions out. yeah go on <laughs> It's, this is going to be harder. Best piece of advice that is not related to PR, oh. but that has helped you when it comes to your business and all PR.
1: Do you edit this out later?
0: Usually not. <laughs> 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 it's going to be two hours of you thinking. Yeah. I'll Just be right back. Uh- <laughs> she's gone, guys. She's gone. Oh,
1: she's gone. Yeah. Do you know what? Questions like that, I normally speak take loads of time researching because then afterwards I'll say an answer now easily and then afterwards I'll go why did I say that and then I'll thought of something much 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 better but um I think probably do you know what it's kind of sort of not really related to the business which is what you actually asked for I think do you know what I, I went through a really tricky time two years ago when my son was born he was born needing like intensive cardiac care and there were so many like amazing people at that time who said really amazing stuff to me but I just um, remember somebody saying to me like always remember to take photos of the special moments which sounds really nuts but actually at that time I didn't know if he was actually gonna like carry on so I remember like the first time I all my family came and I got a photo of all of us together just in case and so I've got this like first photo of the four of us um but actually on that's in a really deep way but even on like at a practical level we don't take photos of our journey and when we look back as business owners and small business owners it's like It's so important to be able to actually document that journey and show the behind the scenes. And we live in such a visual world, even if it's not for anybody else and it's just yourself. Taking those kind of documentary photos of your journey, I think is so key, especially if you're not somebody that really journals or documents those milestones. And I also think it's important to do that to celebrate the highs and the lows. Like I take photos of myself when I'm having... Really, days too, because I think like it's good to remember like why, what it is that you went through. Like I went, in <laughs> fact, you actually know a bit of the backstory of this. I had like a really grim legal situation about six months ago that I thought was going to make me have to fold the business. And I was so, I literally was tearing my hair out and I took loads of photos of it. And now when I look back, I think, oh, my God, I can't believe I nearly gave up the business. That was so ridiculous. Everything's fine. Um, we've come out the other side. Every, you know, Not a problem. But it's when you see that, you realize how far you've come. So it's not very deep, but take more, take more photos, take, document your lives.
0: It's very deep. It's very easy, you didn't say that. See, it, it was exactly what you needed to say and what needed to come out at the right time. So I'll right Afterwards, I'll be like, oh,
1: why did I say that? The best piece of advice I actually had was.
0: Anyway. <laughs> Maybe it was the most relevant at the time. That's advice. Mm-hmm. I and reframing. So, first of all, thank you so much for the chat. Thank you so much for being <laughs> with us. No. i stay forever. I'll, I'll bring you back. We'll bring fab you back. Is fab fab is fab. We'll just, we'll just kind of do this. Bring you back. That's not a problem. There's always places. We've got our jazzy hairbands on. It was meant to be. Yeah, we're going to have, so if you want to check, we're going to do a little boomerang so you can check on Instagram. I'm going to save it up. Our little jazzy hair bands as well. If people want to find out more about you in the meantime, where will be the best place for them to go?
1: So I am Lucy Wiener PR on Instagram almost all social media channels so you can easily find me there and from there I could you can be directed into whatever it is you're searching for or my book Hype Yourself which is I'm still pushing that baby out so that is out in all good retailers and my next book Brand Yourself which is the same content but how to build your brand is coming out in September so that is going to be on pre-order from August if you want to help sort another small business
0: um, I'm get to the top of the book rankings <laughs> Yay! Amazing. We'll make sure we put all the links as well. Thank you so, so much.
1: Thanks, babes. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Add to altmarketingschool.com to find out more about topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spread the love on Instagram at School. Until next time.